Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the Roman's Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. And today, we don't really want to waste too much time talking shit about Krasnodar. So, um, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and try and get through this um, while trying to hit as much of the main points as possible. And then, we're going to talk shit about Everton, because that's a lot more fun. Um, but first, uh, Sam, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm okay, dude. That match was was really a snooze fest like there wasn't really much going on i mean i know we had a couple chances but uh there, there's not too much to talk about <laughs> andres what about you i'm glad to be back boys thank you for letting me have my hiatus on birthday weekend i appreciate it dude i wish oh, it was yeah. your birthday every week honestly me and zach had a lot of, a lot of fun just the two of us <laughs> wow i don't know how to take that I, hey. I really don't know how to take that, but Chelsea was... did accumulate six points the week of my birthday. So, yeah, that is that six is good. points. Yeah, we beat. I mean, we beat Sevilla for three points the day before my birthday, and then the day, two days afterwards, it was uh, the three-one lead. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forget you. Som, you Som is like, Som's week. like, which which dubs are you talking about, Andres? I know it all gets lost. I just remember the, all the three three draws. That's the only thing I remember. <laughs> but uh, let, let, let's get into Krasnodar. Like I, I just said, like God. All right, well, <laughs> let's start over. Get let's get into Krasnodar. The first person I want to talk about, Tino Andrin. His for his debut this season uh zach what did you think of him um well first of all uh not surprised to see him in a starting lineup but i was just really pleased to see his name there um he looks we predicted it last episode we did, we did. predict it we yeah we, we did. read through we read through the roster and we're like okay tino's for said... sure starting he yeah, but 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 a part of me Come was on, still kind of like, or both of us. I know a part of me was still like Frank might play Mason Mount in place of him just because it's Mason Mount, but no, um, <laughs> because it's Frank. Look, it, credit to him. I mean, for a youngster who's probably playing out of position because to me he looks more like a central midfielder just based on you know his skill set. Um, but for him to be playing out of position like that, he looked really composed physically. He's He's pretty big. He, he kind of reminds me of of of, uh, of Loftus Cheek a little bit, except uh, a little bit stockier and a little shorter. But it's very similar in terms of the way they move. A big guy with a massive frame, able to to jink the ball around defenders. Um, technically, he looked really good. His passing was pretty crisp uh, to start the game. Um, and I think the main thing here was just his composure. You know, he 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 didn't put a foot wrong, which is something that I feel like. A lot of uh, young players are afraid to do in matches like this. So, um, you know, he probably could should have had an assist if Kai Havertz didn't have a, a shitty first touch. Um, but overall, it was a really good performance. I, I'm really happy with him. And this is the kind of player that you want in and around the squad, just kind of picking things to learn from, um, from, from you know, some of the older guys in the squad. Um, it, just a good overall performance. I mean, Andres, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I thought he – it's his day, full debut. I know he played a, a few minutes last season in that 4-0 victory over uh, Everton late last season. But I do believe that he showed a lot of composure. You mentioned he, the kid just turned 19 years old. 
and he was playing out of position. He's more of a, a natural 10. So, yeah, there is some similarities to Loftus-Cheek, but I'd say that he's more suited for the the final third of the pitch rather than the eight role. Uh, he had... looks silky, doesn't he? Oh, he has, like, yeah. a silkiness about him. He's and just that's giant. What, and that's the craziest part about this. Like, we all, growing up as fans, heard the potential that Loftus-Cheek had. And, and everything you hear about Tino is that he trumps those, you know, the, the, the ceiling that everyone put for Loftus-Cheek. So mm. it's it's great that he's getting the chances. He did just sign an extension at the beginning of this season, if I'm not mistaken. So we, you know, before we recorded, we discussed our, our sort of right-wing injury situation. It'll be nice to see this kid get, even if it's trash minutes, but Rotational minutes nonetheless points, with yeah. the first, yeah, with the first team. And good memory, Andreas. It's interesting that his uh, other appearance was against Everton because we're playing Everton this weekend, and that that's where he could probably get his first Premier League start. So uh, <laughs> he can he can also give us um, some depth in in the midfield, I think too. And, and what I was most impressed about is the fact that he was playing out of position. You know, prior to Cho getting injured, he was probably thinking he's going to get his first full debut at his natural position. So I mean, kudos to him. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what kind of minutes he gets, and I'm just gonna throw something out there, not that there's you know anything substantial behind it, just kind of take it as you will. But you know, I, I I've been pretty open about the criticism of letting both Ross Barkley and Loftus Cheek go just because of our depth at the ten position. We really only have you know two maybe three players that could play there, um, or at least the attacking eights. Faustino Andrin's a guy that can that can easily slot into one of those positions for rotational minutes, which which is something that I'm I'm kind of interested to see. So maybe that was a little bit of the reasoning behind it was Frank felt comfortable with the squad depth of having Andrin being like, look, if I need a guy that I could slot in there, I could just put him. And so let's talk about Billy Gilmore now, because uh, he to yes, some please. yeah to some people he was the man of the match. Uh, he, I thought he played phenomenally. Uh, it was really great to have him. He back. was officially man of the match. Okay, yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah. So oh, uh, yeah. We, we agree then. Uh, UEFA and I agree on that. <laughs> There's a lot we don't agree on, but that I do. Um, what did you think of his performance, Andreas? You know, Zach, you were mentioning Faustino getting a chance to rotate in those eights, but. We never really discussed Billy playing in those roles because we wanted to shoehorn him as to just being a Conte rotational option because that's what he did last season. But I think he looked extremely composed at the eight uh, this time around. I think he was finding really good spaces behind our front three. Uh, He created, I believe it was a match high, three chances. And much like Tino, I think he deserved an assist too. Uh, he took a, he took uh, a few shots, and one of them, it got deflected by Tammy. So who knows? But I thought the shots were really smart shots. Good, good to see somebody try to pull the trigger from outside the box. We don't we don't get that often, unless it's you know Mason Mount, and and yeah, he he was potentially at fault for our goal. But I mean, the kid is is far beyond his years and we always talk about you know wanting our our youth products to to show us that what they can do and and show us the potential and i feel that 
he has been the most consistent above average performer in recent history from our academy. I think we've had games where, you know, lots of Sheik looked great for a stint, and then we know now he kind of is struggling to find form. I think, you know, Cho also gets a little streaky. Now, Reese James is, I think he's, I don't call him an academy product anymore. He's already full-fledged first-teamer, but we alluded to the fact that he won man of the match. That's three important matches that he's won man of the match. His first FA Cup start against Liverpool, man of the match. First uh, Premier League start, I believe, also against Everton, man of the match. First Champions League start in, yeah, in Champions League, sorry, man of the match. So this kid is is exciting. I'm I'm glad to have heard Lampard say he's he's probably staying the rest of the season. Woo! Mm-hmm. All right, Zach, what do you think? I I I don't want to repeat what Andres just said, but because <laughs> I basically agree with everything. Um, but it's just interesting to see how much of a natural he is. He, he's a magnet for the ball. Um, wherever the action is on the pitch, you could you could pretty much expect him to be in and around it. Um, when the ball's at his feet, I think the composure that he has to not only not only keep possession or keep the run of play going, but to find the creative pass. He's always looking to break through the lines. He's not a he's not like a a Mikel type passer, which is something that I think a lot of Chelsea fans might have confused him for last season, where, you know, he just kind of sits behind our two attacking eights and just keeps the ball shifting from side to side, sort of like a regista, quote unquote. I don't want to use that word because sorry's long fucking gone, but <laughs> whatever. But I, I think he's showing us a little bit more here. Um he's he sort of has that ZS like ability to to find out to find that unique pass that nobody else could see on the pitch and even though it might not be necessarily coming off for him in terms of goals and assists um that's that's gonna come and guys this is his first his first start he just came back from a major knee injury and for him to come into a game like this play the not only play the full 90 minutes 97 touches on the ball an 89% pass completion I mean that's that doesn't show me that he's really skipped the beat he just kind of jumped right in and look like he was basically already in rhythm, which is right. uh, which which is a welcome sight. So and, yeah. And Zach, I, I hate to interrupt you. No, no, go for it. I, I don't want to say Ziek is the right comparison because Ziek is uh, Ziek, sorry, uh, has a lot of he creates a lot of chances and they're not all uh, high percentage. Yeah. But he he almost like spams what he does and, and yes a lot <laughs> hit, but at the same time a lot can miss. But yeah. I want to say it, and this might be the hottest take for maybe, but I, I want to compare Gilmore more to Iniesta than oh, no, I was going to say the than, same uh, thing. Ziyech, because you I mentioned his yeah. what he's doing is not all in the stat sheet, and Iniesta did not, you know, give us a lot of goals and assists per se, but you knew that you, that that the 2000s Barcelona, 2010s Barcelona was not going to be the same without that guy in the midfield, and so that's what I think, Billy will do for this team when he becomes a week-to-week starter. The Scottish Iniesta, I love it. Uh, Zach, you mentioned uh, control with the ball at your feet. Let's talk about Tammy mm. Abraham. Because <laughs> that guy mm. does not what have a... a con- yeah, that was a that was a joke for anyone who didn't catch that. This was just mm. a match of a lot of missed opportunities, um, and the timing could not have been worse with Giroud now being in form, 
Uh, I mean, you'd, you'd expect Tammy to perform against Krasnodar, try to get his number two spot back. I mean, maybe not number one now, depending on who you ask. Uh, but he missed two big chances. He had a 20% shot accuracy. Uh, I believe he only had one shot on target. Nine duels lost, three times dispossessed. Uh, he was blocked by, or he blocked Billy's shot too, which uh, could have also been a goal. Um, I mean, Zach. He did earn like, the penalty. I'll give him. Yeah, that. he earned the he earned the penalty. Sure. He earned the penalty. Yeah, and then he was turning off of the Billy Gilmore pass, and he got clipped. So, did Billy earn it, turn. or did Tammy earn it? <laughs> I'll give it half. Uh, <laughs> I'll give half credit to both of them, but I mean, Zach, because. Like what I said earlier, the timing, you'd think that he would go all out and uh, try to bring back the, his good graces, but he's not doing himself any favors, huh? No, uh, not at the moment. Um, I'm Team Tammy. I mean, I'm the leader of Team Tammy, and this is uh, this was a tough one to watch. Um, with me, it just seems kind of like a, a confidence issue, not necessarily in the sense that um you know he he feels that he can't buy his goal um but he he sort of gets into this mindset of why me why like he gets very pouty and and that, and I I feel like that kind of overtakes his whole game and and really impacts him on, on all other sides of the pitch now what he's experiencing now and i want this to be very clear is normal for young strikers his age eventually the goals dry up for a period of time but what makes what makes you as a player and ultimately what's going to make or make it or break it for tammy's career at chelsea is when the goals dry up what is he going to contribute and i'm looking here at the stats and um you know I'm, the eye test really didn't show me much in this game um, the hold-up play, the first touch, let him down oftentimes. He really couldn't hold up the ball. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a couple decent chances to to at least get a shot on target. He was one for four. Um, throwing his hands in the air, the body language, negative. Um, look, it, it sounds really critical, but it, it is what it is. Um, and, and, and that's something where he just sort of has to get his act together. You know? Just can't handle the physicality of the Russian league. <laughs> no, no, it's it's more like it's more like just pull your fucking socks up and find another way to impact the damn game. If you can't put a goal in the back of the net, you know, win a couple headers, hold up the ball, get some fouls. You know, like I know he won the penalty here, but you guys said it. It was a really good entry pass to Billy Gilmore, but like you got to give Tammy the credit where credits due. But in a game like this against a Krasnodar team that knows that they were done, I mean, they basically went on the trip just so they don't get fined, right? Mm-hmm. Or for the experience, I guess they want to to get out of Russia and go to London for a bit. But you know, this is the game where he should be coming in, and we should all be going, "Oh shit!" Now we legit have a three striker situation because all season long it felt like we had a two striker situation. We started with Werner and, and Tammy, that worked out really well. Eventually, it dried up. Now it's Giroud and Werner, and Tammy's nowhere to be seen. So. You know, the next couple appearances for him are going to be huge. How does he respond to a performance like this? You know, he's – I hope he's not the type of player to, you know, just kind of go home and mope about it a little bit more. I hope he's the type of player that's, you know, in the dressing room and in, on the training pitch working his ass off to get that to get that other opportunity. And I think that's where we're going. And the it's thing just that you a matter of time before we see it. It's, it, it. This is normal what he's going through, and that's 
that's that's what I'm trying to say. The the thing you mentioned about like when he's not scoring, what else is he doing? Like yeah. that's why I forgive Timo Werner for missing his chances because he's doing a lot more. He's creating chances. He's getting into position. Like, you know, I, I'm yeah. I'm willing to forgive those misses if he's do if he's contributing in other ways. Obviously, I'm not gonna ask Tammy to do the same stuff that Timo does. But like you said, winning a couple of headers, hold up play, like doing something he doesn't have to score in order to have a good performance but it it just all was i mean i, I won't say he played terribly it just was very mediocre i mean andreas well, what, well, what did, oh yeah go ahead so, so, sorry but um before andreas goes but you just explained the difference between a world-class player and a young player who's still learning i mean a world-class player is gonna find another way to impact the game and that's basically what timo's been doing and tammy hasn't been doing well, how about you, Andreas? What do you think? I I just find it a very odd coincidence that two years of having now this current squad for the most part, it seems that when Tammy dries off, Giroud heats up. And <laughs> coincidence? It's one of those things where until Giroud starts misfiring, at least last time, like we went back to Project Restart, and while Giroud was hot, Tammy stayed cold. And I just hope that it's not – again, it's a coincidence. There's no psychology behind it. We see them hugging each other and, and celebrating as teammates. But I, I just find it interesting that, you know, we can't have multiple strikers in form at once, specifically between Tammy and Giroud. We, we, I feel we've had this conversation before when it comes to these two guys. So – Again, I just find it interesting. I know it is just coincidental. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not going to put on my tinfoil hat here and know. try to think of something else. But, yeah, I mean, as long as one of the guys is, is firing hot and, and he's the one that's putting them in the back of the net in the big games while the other guy gets his shit together, essentially, we'll be okay. It just stinks because you – a month ago we were talking about Tammy, like – like Sam alluded to, and now we're talking about Giroud, and Tammy's a second thought. So, yeah, it, it's just frustrating that it, a game that was only a pride game for Krasnodar couldn't have been the same for Tammy. I'm going to finish this uh, recap with one thought. Uh, I think that I'm comfortable with Emerson being our backup left back at this point. Like, that's you know. the hottest take I've ever heard in my life. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I mean backup. Like if he plays yeah. every four matches, I'm okay with that. You know, every four or five matches. Like I'm not as long as I'm not... he's okay with it too. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, that that seems to be a thing. It, it just is like, it. I haven't heard anything about per... him being not happy with time. Well, no, well, no, but but the last two performances finally convinced me that like okay, maybe exactly. he might be here. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's AKA, 26, he's AKA, young. AKA, it just started looking like he gave a shit. <laughs> yeah, the change manager could do that. But, uh, all right, let's move on to this Everton preview. Um, right now, they're sitting ninth. Oh, the, the match is going to be played at Goodison Park. Uh, so, Everton right now, after their hot start, they fell down to ninth in the Premier League. Only one win in their last five matches, and that win was against Fulham. Um, so Zach, you want to go through some of the players that we should look out for? I mean, the obvious one, um, or the obvious pairing, I guess now they're a trio. Um, you got Dominic Calvert-Lewin who, um, 
is is he leading the league in goals now, guys? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, eleven With goals 11. and eleven appearances. Um, I think we we all know a little bit about his game, but um, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of uh, aerial duels him and Kurt Zuma get themselves into. That that alone is going to be enough to get your popcorn ready. Um, but again, this is a guy that's very, very clinical, um, and he looks like a man on a mission this season. You know, it, it, he's often been criticized for not scoring enough, and then um, towards the end of last season, after Project Restart, really got up and running, and he does not look like he's going to stop anytime soon. Um, we also got Richarlison, who's who's a guy that I really always liked since he was at Watford. Um, not really having the best season in terms of goals. He only has one on the season, but three assists. Um, so four direct goal contributions and eight appearances. I mean, long story short, this is a guy that could that could basically explode. He's t- he's a t- he's a ticking time bomb. Um, and then obviously James Rodriguez. Uh, he's a tough one to gauge because you don't know if he's going to impact the game or not. To be honest, he kind of blows hot and cold like that. Um, three goals and three assists and ten appearances this season. Again, kind of like Richarlison, he chips in pretty much every other game. So. Between Calvert Lewin's goal that you know he's been giving them every game, and you know the goal contribution at Richarlison and 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 James get them every other game, there could be goals for Everton to score here. Um, they're definitely not a team to scoff at. So, you know we have to be on the lookout. Um, we gotta we gotta be uh, wary of those those runs that the inside forward makes, and I'm talking about guys like Richarlison. Um, but yeah, much of the same. You know, if we go out there and we perform the way we've we've been performing, especially in the Premier League, I think we'll have enough to get three points here. But again, this is a game that could get ugly very quick. Um, but Andres, what do you think about uh about Everton just as a whole? Um, well, they they're they're tough because they did have the hot start. They've cooled off a bit. It's, so it's kind of hard to determine whether it's just a bad run of form and they're still a top-level team or if they're back to being, you know, a Europa League contender for for those spots on the table. But they've recently been deploying a, a 3-4-3. The first time they did it was while they still had Lucas Digne playing at left wing back. But the last two matches, instead of playing two natural wing backs, they've gone for playing Iwobi on one extreme and then a natural center mid on the other. So for one match, it was Fabian Delft, and then for the most recent match, it was uh, Davies. So on the ball, that 3-4-3 shifts into a makeshift 3-3-1-3. I think that Hamas is tucking in from that right wing spot to half spaces as a 10 to be the primary creator while they have the ball. Iwobi then will provide the width in that space that he leaves behind. And behind James, you you have a sort of a containing, protective midfield three. Uh, Allen, Decore, plus one, all, you know, whether it's Delph or, or Davies, these guys are all more of your sixes than your full-on eights or even tens. So they're there to recycle possession and make sure they probably don't get hit on the counter. And then the width is provided by Richarlison and it will be, like I mentioned. And, and you alluded that Calvin, Calvin Lewin's biggest strength is his aerial game. So you have two guys from, from width providing crosses. You have Hamas who can provide the piercing pass. So it's a, 
it's a odd way of moving the ball, but yeah, it, it's it's something that hopefully we can adapt to. I don't think we need to match their formation to to go about this, but perhaps we will find, you know, luck or not luck. Uh, we will find uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, guys. Success, success yeah. in the width <laughs> in the width of the pitch because we can. Wow. 2020 made you forget the word success, huh? <laughs> Everyone's been taking so many L's. It's been that bad, I know. <laughs> no, but 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 for but for Everton, I mean, the plan of attack for them is very simple. Um, you know, the ball gets whipped out wide and, and eventually whipped into the box at some point. I mean, that's that's what they look for. James James isn't necessarily looking to exploit. Um, the half space between the center backs and Conte, he's looking to pop in the similar spaces that Ziyech does to clip in similar balls. Um, that's that's what they've been feasting on. So I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. And we haven't even mentioned Carlo yet. So this is going to be like a nice little a nice little mm-hmm. reunion. I'm going to be looking forward to the Frank and Carlo hugs pre-match. I don't, I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, Bielsa leads plays yeah uh, earlier this week and Bielsa basically spat out their whole lineup on a press mm-hmm. conference and it reminded me of when Carlo did that for an FA Cup match a while back where he was just like yeah this is your coffee's playing left back we're gonna play these two guys at center mid like just yeah just something that reminded me of, of his time at Chelsea you know Yuri he was Zirkov. wow yeah <laughs> he was on uh Men with uh, with men with blazers the other day, like last mm-hmm. week, and I listened to his interview, and I was really disappointed because they didn't ask him a single question about his time with Chelsea, um, because obviously well, the guy's yeah. a what's his name is a huge Everton Raj. fan, so they yeah, yeah. Rogers is Raj. a huge Ever fan, so they just talked about Everton the whole time, and like I mean he even mentioned like the teams that he managed and that didn't even mention Chelsea. I was really butthurt about that. Maybe out of respect. Maybe out of respect for Everton. Probably. Yeah, maybe out of respect for for Raj. So where are you going? (laughs) Some uh, three three. Huh. I never thought of that. Um. I think I'll. Yeah. I think that's a good prediction. Three three. Why don't Why don't we do that? I think it'll be a high scoring affair. A lot of goals scored. A hard fought battle, but three three draw. (laughs) I say the same thing every time. Dude, it's working. I don't care. Yeah. As silly as it can be, it's working. Unbeaten in in X amount of games now. Yeah. What what is it? Like nine games, I think? I think it's nine. I need to to go back. Since I'm started, yes, but it's been longer for Chelsea. Oh, man. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look. It's Chelsea. Chelsea are undefeated in their last nine matches. Yeah. In the Premier League. So long may it continue. Right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Um, three-one Chelsea. I think Yuri Mina is gonna have quite a day tracking the runs of Timo Werner and Pulisic. I'm going two-nil Chelsea. Mm. Mendy back in goal means more clean sheets. Our mm-hmm. back line is rested. Mendy Our is a keeper is that. Rested. Mendy is the type of keeper that you want against like a very physical and aerial striker. Like a striker that plays like I'm gonna use a basketball term here, but quote unquote like above the rim. What do you call that? 
<laughs> yeah, no, like an what aerial threat. Like above, the <laughs> above the crossbar? Above the crossbar? But, like, a, a Mendy is a really... I don't know. Between Mendy and Zuma, like, that that's easily Calvert-Lewin's toughest toughest matchup and not just like all Calvin season. Lewin, Yeri Mina is a very tall guy, but yeah. with with Mendy's wingspan, you you he's still going to lose that battle. There's going to be trees in the box on all set pieces. <laughs> when was There's the a... last time we got to say that by the way? I feel uh, like the last time we played has... Burnley. No, 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 no. I mean for for Chelsea, I I think oh. I I'm thinking back and through Conte and and Sarri's time, I feel our our size always was questioned, and it was something we were truly lacking. You know, Alonso we were... being one of the taller defenders. Yeah, we remember. Uh, all, remember, we used no, to. Mourinho always, on... ma- Mourinho always made a point to have. Yeah, how long ago height. was that, Zach? No, I mean his second Five stint here, ago. he did that. That was 2013, buddy. Or yeah, 2014 and 15. Ago. That was, yeah, five, was like years five years ago. ago. Uh, did we really get criticism for being small under Conte yes. though? Dude, remember how many times we would concede goals off set pieces? I feel like every week Ever we had to talk Conte. about that. Ever since Conte. <laughs> every week we had to talk about that. It was crazy. Nobody, you know, I've nobody just tra- had a solution to our set pieces. It Conte, feels sorry, even Lampard's first year. It feels so long ago to remember what struggle was like. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. Struggle. I'm a Chelsea fan in 2020. Yeah, man. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know what did make my day though, really quick before we sign out, is they did on uh, CBS. They did air the Drogba uh, 2012. Yeah, winner. I saw that. Yeah, dude. when they were talking about Champions League moments. Man, CBS is so good, dude. Micah Richards and Carragher are like, dude. They had one bit where they just showed uh, a bunch of <laughs> uh, Micah Richards highlights of him against Lukaku. And like, dude, it was like a was minute long and yeah. And Jamie Carragher is so funny. I have gained so much more respect from him. I mean, of him ever since like you, I've been watching this. It had a, it had a, do his impression? a cool vibe. Yeah. I was going to say like, th- I think like they are <laughs> comparable to like the inside the NBA crew. Like it's Wait, such a Zach, good squad. You, you want to, you want an impression? No, 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 no. Of what? Of Micah Richard? No, Jamie, Jamie Carragher. Carragher. You want the impression of Jamie Carragher? That's no, my gosh. No, that's not even close. Liverpool through and through. You're getting, you, you gotta, you gotta he's, like change the pitch of your voice. He's, you're right. I mean, he's a, yeah. but he does talk like this. He, he's a, almost Irish. <laughs> he doesn't almost, sound, he doesn't sound I, like, like a Spaniard. Almost, it's almost Irish and you expect his, his voice to be a little deeper. There. That's I, actually I pretty good. No, there it is. You've no, nailed it. No. I think I <laughs> Come on, that's it. good, oh, Zach. God. That's you good. Know, on the spot, you know. give, me, give me a break. That was good. Thank you for listening to the Romans Empire. For those <laughs> no, 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 hold on. Any more impressions? Be sure <laughs> to follow us on Twitter at Romans Empire Pod. We're also uh, been pretty active on Instagram as well uh, at the same handle at Romans Empire Pod. And until next week, hopefully three more points in the bag. Look out for our Sunday release. Keep the blue flag flying high.